Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Welcome. This is your host of From Beer to the Bible, Urban Lee. You can find information about the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. You can find more information about supporting our ministry at HamptonMinistries.org. We've got a jam-packed show today, so I want to get started, but I always want to anchor us in a prayer, so let us pray. Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, your long-suffering, and your compassion towards us. We ask that you bless our guest, Dr. Boone, today, him, his family, and his work. In Jesus' name, amen. As I mentioned in my prayer, we have what I like to refer to as the world-famous Dr. Boone with us today. Welcome, Dr. Boone. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you, and thank you for taking the time to bless us with your presence. We also have my co-host, Scott. Say hello, Scott. Hey, Irvin. How are you doing today? Good. Scott, I know you have a long history and a past with Dr. Boone, so I'm going to let you introduce him. Yeah. yeah. So I met Dr. Boone close to six years ago now, I guess about five and a half, six years ago, mm-hmm. when I uh, I came across the threshold at La Hacienda with my pants on fire, right, uh, struggling with uh, alcoholism. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and I've talked about on the show before, having been down there, and, and uh, yep. the point I was at, I was a daily blackout drinker, pretty much living in a blackout and have been for a couple of years. And, okay. uh, and I knew I needed to go someplace, uh, one where I could learn about the disease of addiction because I knew nothing of it. Mm-hmm. That my perception of it was that somebody living under a bridge or it was Otis and the Andy Griffith show that was the, you know, everybody in town loved and you open the door and sleep it off and go home the next day. Right. That mindset was going to kill me. But I also needed to learn about the spiritual side of my life and my relationship with God because I knew that that was going to be critical to my success and my survival. Mm-hmm. And La Hacienda offered that. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't know was that there were brothers. Uh, okay. And come to find out, I've met both of them. It's two of them. Uh, there are two of them. Oh, uh, man. But they were incredible in the care they gave physically, uh-huh. uh, spiritually, and then also kind of the mental, emotional aspects of it. And uh, Dr. Boone's been critical of that. And I'm incredibly grateful for the work that he does, that he has helped thousands and thousands and thousands of people. But specifically, he helped me. He's done a lot of great work for a lot of great people that has changed their lives. Well, Dr. Boone, that was an outstanding introduction and certainly well-earned and well-deserved. So let us let you tell everyone what you do and and how you do it and what makes you different from uh, a lot of the programs out there and your work at La Hacienda. Hey, thanks. Um, And those are uh, super sweet words. Scott, um, I just feel like I get to be... um, alongside while God changes lives, you know, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, a little, kind of a little background for me. I, I, uh, my dad was a missionary doctor. I okay. was born and graduated from high school in Africa, mm-hmm. and came back, went to Baylor, um, and then went to Southwestern medical school and then went into practice in internal medicine. Okay. Uh, I practiced internal medicine, uh, for almost 20 years. And, um, my brother, uh, uh, Dan, who Scott mentioned, uh, Dan had started working here at La Hacienda and, okay. uh, he needed help. And he called me one day and said, uh, I really want you to come check out what I do. And I, I kind of said, no, what, what, what do you do? <laughs> he goes, well, I, I work at this drug and alcohol treatment center and we take care of, you know, 80 or 90, um, patients who struggle with alcohol and drug use and, uh, right. And I, and uh, my response is, I'm like, oh my gosh, Dan, that sounds like the worst job. Ever. 
I'm like, and, and my stock, my response, I said, I'm like, those, those people are so terrible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my brother's like, no, he said, it's not, it's not, it's not what you think. Now the, you know, the fascinating thing about that for me is that um, I, uh, I am now, I started working here in my mid forties okay. um, and uh, I was a really well-trained internal medicine doc, but I really didn't know anything about addiction except for the medical aspects of it. Okay. And in our training as docs, when we're taking care of people with addiction, we're usually seeing them when their illness is active. So mm-hmm. we're taking care of them in um, alcohol related car wrecks, or they're coming into the emergency room with a cocaine mediated heart attack, or yeah. they're trying to get a prescription for pain pills or something, you know? So I, I had this um, complete misunderstanding and what I had never recognized was separating the person from the illness, you know, and I, in, in medicine, we, I was kind of trained, you know, pretty well that it wasn't, you didn't take care of a heart attack or a, you know, diabetic ketoacidotic person. You, that person had a name and they had that illness, you know, but with a, but with addiction, um, with alcohol, with drug use, um, we've done a really poor job on that. And there's this funny, like, like Scott said, he had this, he had this definition of what an alcoholic was, yes. right. And, and I, and, and I'm a, I'm a believer and just a, a, a faith in Jesus and, and, a, a trust in God to change lives. Um, but at the same point in time, I just had this, complete sort of misunderstanding of kind of what addiction was. And so I reluctantly agreed to come up and help him for a couple of weekends Mm -hmm. and, um, and with this expectation. And then I just found this completely different thing than I thought. And I found, uh, you know, men and women who I are like me and men and women who are like, Oh my gosh, like I I could hang with you. Like I could be, we could be friends with you. Like I, this is not, and then recognizing just this profound, uh, profound change that happens with addiction and being able to separate, being able to separate yes. disease of addiction. So long story short, I, uh, I joined Dan uh, in November of 2004. Mm-hmm. I've been here full time since that period of time. Uh, my brother, Dan, is uh, partly is semi-retired. He works part time for us now. And okay. then I, took over, I took over as medical director. Uh, five or six years ago, I think one of the things that's a little bit different at La Hacienda is that um, the docs actually see every patient every day, the whole time that they're here. Wow. Uh, I, I, I get, I get to know them um, pretty deeply. I know mm-hmm. family dynamics. I know childhood trauma histories. I know um, stuff with their marriage. I might be talking to their family. I, I teach some classes a couple of times a week. I teach, classes to the family program when the families come on campus. Um, and then we are, La Hacienda is not a, we're actually not a Christian program. We're a 12 step based program. Okay. Uh, but, a, but a lot of us that work here happen to be, um, happen to be strong believers. And so for me, I, um, I'm kind of a teacher at heart okay. and um, I, I, this is a place that I get to teach um, I, by definition, I am dealing with people whose lives are broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, um, to be honest, I, 
I love that fact that I get to deal with people and what, you know, what scripture tells me is that God wants a broken and contrite heart. Yes. Yes. So when I have people that come broken, not only do I want to be a part of taking care of their diabetes and their liver and their blood pressure and um, whatever medical problem exists. Um, but, um, when, when, um, the spirit is right, that I also may get to pray with that person and get to, um, share more deeply in different aspects of, of, of my faith and what that looks like in life. So that's, that's kind of my background. Dr. Boone, that is so awesome. I would like you to talk about many times those suffering from addiction are afraid and have a phobia of rehabilitation. Can you discuss and talk about that? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's cra- what's crazy, Irvin, just to give you a little background, because I understand that so well. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I went into practice, um, I was in Waxahachie uh, for a few years, and then I joined my family's internal medicine practice okay. in Pasadena, Texas. And um, our practice had been in existence since the late 1940s, the, the Boone family practice. And mm-hmm. uh, we had hired a couple of other docs, but we had almost 20,000 active patient charts. And I worked there for 14 years um, full time. And for 14 years, I did not send one single person to treatment. Mm -hmm. I didn't send one person to a chemical dependency counselor. I didn't send one person to an AA group. Um, It was, and and, and I'm a super well-trained medical school, Baylor internal medicine. And I, I just didn't understand. And so I think, I think for me, Urban, what I, you know, my thought was just sort of like, it's some place that, Rich people go and they get into trouble to get out of trouble, and we're yeah. singers and movies. I, I I don't know what I thought, uh-huh. um, but I I we help to train medical students that now come through our program and help to train here and from a couple of different medical schools. And you know, one of the 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 two factors that I that there's sort of a couple of takeaway home uh, points that I really stress. Okay, one is is just for them to recognize that the people who are here at rehab at La Hacienda mm-hmm. are, are people that you, it's people that you work with. It's people you go to church with. Yes. Um, it's people I've got, I've got orthopedic surgeons. I've got tax attorneys. I've yeah. got construction workers. I've got college kids. Mm-hmm. I've got housewives. I've got unemployed, broken you know, I, yeah. I mean the whole gamut, mm-hmm. but it is, um, it is it, the, the, you know, the one thing I just stress with those students is just like, Hey, they're, they're us. I just, I personally don't have addiction, but it's, it's just like if somebody has diabetes or they have right. high blood pressure, it's, it's just another part of a broken world. Right. So when the mm-hmm. fall happened and man fell, we got diabetes and we got malaria and we got COVID-19 and we have substance use disorder. And um, there's, and so that was sort of the, the first thing of just like at rehab, it is, it's not this sort of mystery of, Oh, what are these people going to be like? Mm -hmm. Most of our patients at La Hacienda, Scott, I actually don't know if this is your experience, but I would say, I would say over 50% of our patients that leave La Hacienda have one lifetime friendship mm-hmm. that they have. Yeah. Wow. Some That's person, nice. and we don't give any lifetime friends. I mean, but the reason I say that is, is that 
I think the most, you know, one of the biggest um, fear inducing factors is who's going to be there. What's this going to be like? Yes. And I have this feeling of all of these sort of strange, you know, <laughs> blood dripping from needle sites. Yeah. <laughs> semi drunk off the bridge, smell bad. Nobody takes a shot. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So, and then the second part, the second part in stressing to the med students was just, you know, sharing my experience, which was really so bad. Of I never sent, I just didn't yeah. understand that this really can be a tool depending on how far along in this illness or where you are, or what kind of support you have, that it really can be, um, you know, the start of a new beginning. It really can be light. It, it can, it can turn your life around. Well, uh, so, and yeah. I think along those lines, Dr. Boone, is I, I, I agree. I think you, your background experience, you came in with a, a certain perception, my background experience, I came in with a certain perception, right. And then through our own journeys, we found, wait, they're just real people. You know, there, there are, like you said, there are neighbors, there are friends, there are coworkers, and it's not this stigma that is a, you know, a mental health issue only that it's just somebody who's got a lot of mental health issues that becomes an alcoholic addict, or it's not a, you know, in my case, I looked at it a lot as a moral failing. You know, I kind of grew up in that Southern Baptist tradition. So I was like, why can't I just not morally strong enough to say no, right? That just say no kind of mentality or pray it away. Absolutely. So along those lines, what you learn from the, the medical aspect of treating addiction, and, and we've talked about this, and I know you've got some you know things you're working on in, in equipping the church, too. It's not just equipping doctors, but equipping the community of faith that this isn't a more, just a moral failing you pray away. Prayer is good, and prayer can help, yeah. but it's a three-legged stool, right? Yeah. It, it's got all aspects have to be treated. And, and you talked about those lifelong friends and did I, did I get any? And I, and I did, there are people that I'm still in contact with today that I was in treatment with six years ago. Mm -hmm. But I also know the sad part of that is half of them aren't here anymore. They, yeah. they are in graves and, and yeah. I don't know why, and I don't know all the facts, yeah. but I just know that's a routine story in the world within which we operate yeah. and that we try to help people. Yeah. I think a couple of different things. Um, so that similar background, as I said, I was a, you know, a missionary kid. And I, 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 I really, I really looked at, um, I really looked at as, at this as, as moral issue. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm a member of the, you know, American Society of Addiction Medicine and Addiction Boarded. And um, I love a lot of the science behind addiction and behind alcohol use disorder and, yeah. and the disease model of addiction. Mm -hmm. But at the same point in time, there's this funny thing, right? Because um, from in a 12, from a 12 step tradition, so La Hacienda, we're 12 step facilitated. And so we're still, um, you know, huge, huge fans of 12 step recovery. Yes. And, and also foundationally in 12 step recovery um, is that we talk about um, substance use disorder as being a spiritual malady, mm -hmm. right? So it, it's funny because we have this, we have this kind of medical science on the neurobiology on addiction, on genetic risk factors that we've identified that that contribute to addiction. Um, and yet at the same point in time, on the other hand, we talk about this as as a spiritual malady. Right. And you yeah. look at 12 step recovery, you look at all of those different steps. And if you if you and I and Urban bed for you and Scott. Yeah. Right. I mean we put flesh on that skeleton. We don't have mm -hmm. just this nebulous higher power, right? We have a God that's right. in, in love with us and knows our yes. names and know how many heads, you know, hairs are on our head and who, 
who who died for us, who mm-hmm. wants to rescue us, right? And so it's this funny, I, I look at all that and there's this funny tension that exists into where you go, okay, so the disease of addiction but also spiritual malady. And and then you look at the treatment. And if you look at 12 step recovery, it does, it's so foundational to what we teach as believers. Mm -hmm. And yet there still is this, that there's something more than just morality and just a moral failing. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, um, you know, the way I, the way I really look at this and I, I kind of alluded to this at when one statement earlier, but, um, so we live in a fallen world and when man fell, right, then, mm-hmm. then the, then creation. And Paul talks about that all creation groans, right. Yes. That, that, that creation fell and there's going to be, you know, it, it, in the end, right. Creation is going to be restored. But when creation fell, we brought in all of these areas of brokenness. And so ultimately you know, for me, when I look in the garden, and if you look at man's original temptation, mm-hmm. if you look at man's original sin, the original temptation, you know, what does Satan say? He goes, you can be like God, yes, yes. which means you can have control, yes, right? And so that's the, that is actually the original temptation mm-hmm. and step one right? Yes. It's basically admitting that you are powerless. And for me as a believer that doesn't struggle with addiction, it's my, it's my admission that, yeah, I don't, I don't have control. Right? right. And, and so I look at all of those as different sort of nuances of where my Christianity comes in and even Jesus Christ, right? Jesus's quote was without the father, I can do nothing. That's right. Jesus who everything he says is in red says that. Right. Yes, and so, that's right. It's this funny for me, especially as believers who might be listening today, is just there's this tension of like, if it's a spiritual malady, why can't I do this? Why won't God, yeah. why can't God heal me and restore me? And why part of that is he's interested in relationship. He's interested in eternity. Thank you. And so potentially if this is completely removed, you then lose your recognition of complete dependence on him. Yes. And Paul's whole thing of, right, of pray to take this away. It's like, my grace is sufficient. To me, it's just this funny thing that I now look at my patients who struggle with addiction. And I look at them very similar to how I look at my diabetics yeah. in that you have diabetes. I can't tell you don't have diabetes. Could God intervene and miraculously heal your diabetes? Yeah, yep. he could. That's not usually what he does. Nope. Most of the time he says, hey, why don't you take your insulin and quit eating donuts? Yeah, do your part. Do your part. And be disciplined. Right? Yeah. You, you got to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And so for those believers that are just kind of struggling with that, it's like, yeah, the way that you're built, you have this predilection. You're built just like somebody who has an increased risk of diabetes. Mm-hmm. You have an increased risk the way that you're built that substances do things differently to you. Your experience of substances is different than mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know that genetics play a role in that. We know that childhood trauma plays a role in that. Yeah. Abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse, um, those things that are really intense in a child developing brain, those things change us. Mm-hmm. Now, is God bigger? Yes, he is bigger. But what happens is, is just like he's bigger with cancer and he's bigger with diabetes, but ultimately he's interested in my eternal soul. Ultimately, he's interested in 
in, in this relationship, in this wholly dependent relationship on him. And so for me, it's, I want to take my believers and go, hey, this is a spiritual malady, but this is different than a moral failure because your experience with alcohol, for example, Scott, like you, I grew up a Southern Baptist missionary kid, you know, and I, I mean, I just never drank. And it's funny because I, in my mid thirties, um, I probably had my first experience with where I'm like, I want to, we were out with some friends and somebody had ordered some drinks and I'm like, you know what? I'm not driving. I've probably had three alcoholic beverages in my entire life, but I'm going to see what this feels like to drink till I feel it. And so I did that. And um, I'm just all of a sudden like a little bit of a feel a little dizzy, a little low grade headache. Like I thought, am I going to laugh? Am I become disinhibited? Is this going to be pleasurable for me? I was so uncomfortable. I was like, Oh wow. I will never. Now look, that has nothing to do with who I am. Right. right. This is how I'm built. Mm-hmm. I just don't have it. Yeah. So I have other struggles in my life and, and, and I've had, you know, osteoarthritis and got both my knees replaced three years ago. Right. I mean, yeah. so I've had, I have other things that are broken, but that's just not one of my things. And so for me, it is, when a believer can recognize, yes, God may choose to step in and miraculously intervene in your life. But for most of us, it's like other disease processes. The beauty of really what we talk about at La Hacienda in a healthy recovery community is I want to address all these things. So there's a medical piece of this, but I also know that if you start living your life by these 12 step principles that are so skeletally strong and have biblical framework that those things are strong enough that they are going to be a part of, of taking you out of bondage, right. Of getting you out of this bondage um, to addiction. But ultimately my, my heart, my prayer, my passion is, is that you, you put flesh because by definition, a skeleton is dead. A skeleton has strong framework. Yeah. But if I can then take those 12 steps and put Christ's flesh on that, um, then not only are you out of bondage, but you, you get to the promised land. We'll talk more on the other side. This is Irvin Lee. You are listening to From Beer to the Bible, and you can find the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal, and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back, and let's finish out 
Dr. Boone, we look forward to having you back again, brother, because, hey, man, you were, I was sitting here just enthralled, and I learned a lot, and I think our listeners will always learn a lot from you. But as we close, where can they reach you and La Hacienda if anyone is currently suffering from addiction? Our admissions department at La Hacienda is great, Irvin. They're great yeah. about answering any questions. I think the easiest thing to do is Google La Hacienda Treatment Center and there's a number and the folks that are there, if we can't help you here, they're great about, hey, what other place is going to be in your insurance network? How mm-hmm. can we help you? Good. And we look forward to having you back again, Dr. Boone. I'd love to visit more. Okay. God bless you and your family. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. God bless you. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, Dr. Boone. And I want to leave you today with the love. I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus and the hope is found in the Lord, our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.